So after explaining the purpose of his writing and then introducing himself, as we looked at last week, Paul now is going to state the thesis of the epistle. These two verses express for us the powerful theme of the book. And so let's read them. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Paul, he he starts off by saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Uh, the, the word that's, that's used as translated ashamed can also uh, mean uh, offended. And, and we read throughout scripture where Paul talks about how this message uh, can be a shameful or, or people can, can feel like it's foolish, right? In, uh, in 1 Corinthians one uh, twenty three, uh, Paul actually says to the church of Corinth, but, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and to Gentiles. So, how is this gospel, how is the gospel offensive or how is it foolish? Well, think about it. Sometimes I, I think that we need reminded uh, if, if, you know, if we're someone who's believed for a long time and received the gospel and trusted the gospel, it's been a part of our lives for a while, we, we, we stop um, understanding how other people are hearing it. And for many people, it's like, what? You believe what? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, just think about this. Uh, the gospel tells us that there's one triune God right? Uh, One God in three persons. Now, in the church, we go, oh yeah, of course, but you say that outside the church, and and someone's like, wait, three gods? No, 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 one God. But you said three. Yes, one God in three persons. That sounds kind of of crazy, right? And and this one God is also the creator. Uh, He's not some impersonal force, so there's not multiple gods. Uh, The the gospel uh, tells us that we are such spiritual failures that the only way to gain salvation is from a complete gift. Okay, nobody wants to hear that. Uh, The gospel tells us that we're so wicked that only the death of the Son of God could save us. Right, so anybody that you know that that believes that no, there's there's good in me. I have something to offer. Uh, they're immediately offended by this. This is foolishness to them. Uh, the, the gospel tells us that uh, trying to be good and spiritual isn't enough. Insisting that no good person will be saved, but only those who come to God through Jesus. And it's really interesting how the gospel tells us. That salvation was accomplished through Jesus suffering and serving, and then to have a relationship with him. And the invitation is to actually follow him in suffering and serving, which just sounds like nothing people are, are desiring, right? It sounds almost foolish, The fact that God raised Jesus bodily from the dead, how Jesus is Lord over all right now. Uh, Even the term, think about it. I want to invite you to become born again, 
right? People hear that, and it's a message that that is offensive. It's a message uh, that can sound foolish, and yet Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Uh, Jesus warned his disciples not to be ashamed of him, didn't he? In in Mark chapter 8, uh, 38, uh, Jesus said, For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And so we must take to heart this same warning. Am I ashamed? Do, do, do I, when I process the gospel, is it something that, that I've received, but man, it's just, man, that's, I, I don't know how uh, to share that. And I don't want to offend them. I don't want, to, I don't want them to not like me. I don't want them to be my friend or, or this or that. All those things that we play over in our minds. But, but listen to what's next here. Paul states that he's not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God. This is why I, w- I was so excited uh, to do this uh, teaching. Paul is saying here, he, he, he says it, it, it's not that it brings power or has power. He says it actually is power. The message actually contains the power of God for salvation. Uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, uh, Paul says this, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Paul's saying that the gospel isn't just this, this concept or, or this philosophy. It's, it, it's not even simply about the power of God, even though it kind of is, right? But it, it, it contains the power of God. The power of God is in it. God actualizes his saving work through it. Uh, I love how Michael Bird uh, says this. He says, the gospel is a speech act in that it not only announces the way of salvation, but actualizes the salvation in those who hear it with faith. The gospel manifests God's death-defeating, curse-reversing, evil-vanquishing, devil-crushing, sin-cleansing, life-giving, love-forming, people-uniting, super-uber-mega-grace power that results in salvation. I love that quote. It's in the gospel that words and power come together. And its power is seen by how it completely transforms and changes minds, hearts, and the lives of the people who it reaches. It changes our understanding of everything that happens It changes how we relate to other people, right? I mean, some of us relate to people now that we never would have related to if it wasn't for the gospel. We care about certain people that we never would have cared about if it wasn't for the gospel. Uh, And and, and so we see it at work in our lives in a transforming way. And, and, And why does that happen? Oh, I love this. Because it's the power of God for salvation. 
And, and when we say salvation, uh, salvation has three facets, okay? Uh, there's a, there's a past, uh, part of salvation that we get to experience, right? It's, it's the past penalties of sin, right? Uh, sins from, from my past, from humanity's past that, that we, uh, see that, that Christ went to the cross and forgave. Uh, Ephesians 2.8, it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. And so he has, uh, forgiven our past. So part of salvation is experiencing, uh, the freedom that, that has been won for me over my past. In other words, uh, Jesus, uh, has given me salvation over my past failures, my mistakes, uh, my flaws, uh, those things that I wish I hadn't done or said. Uh, so I get to experience salvation from that. It's amazing. But then there's a present reality, right? Uh, there's a present reality to salvation, uh, which, you know, honestly, we call it the sanctification, this perseverance where uh, we're able to uh, walk in this process of, of, of life and experience forgiveness throughout it experience that redeeming um, work that Christ has done daily in my life to, to where uh, whatever I may have done this morning or I'm going to do this afternoon or this evening and, and maybe it's a mistake and, and maybe I lose my cool or my temper with my kids because maybe we're trapped inside all day. I don't know, but uh, there's a reality, there's a present reality with salvation that, that whatever happens now doesn't define my life or my future. And it's a beautiful thing, right? I mean, uh, Romans 5.10, it, it says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, it says, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. So there's a past reality with salvation. Uh, there's a present. And then there's also a future, isn't there? There's this future aspect that, 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 that I'm, that I'm saved, that, that I get to, uh, live it with this hope, right? Uh, in this reality of a heaven, uh, that, that I get to spend eternity with my Lord and Savior. Later in Romans, like in Romans chapter eight, it talks about how we're longing for these renewed bodies. Uh, Romans chapter five, verse, verse nine, it, it talks about how we've been saved from the wrath of God. We've been saved from that. And so uh, we know that, that there is eternity waiting for us. So there's this future salvation component as well. And, and so the gospel is powerful because it does what no other power on earth can do. It can save us. It can save us. It can reconcile us to God and guarantee us a place in the kingdom of God forever. And this salvation is offered to everyone who through faith believes. So faith is the connection to the power of the gospel. Now, Paul says that the gospel is for everyone who believes, but then he says, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. Now, the chronological priority of the Jews here, it, it really just reflects uh, this historical reality that, that God chose Israel. He set Israel aside. Remember in the Old Testament, those, that, those are his people. Uh, and by him doing that, it wasn't declaring that the gospel is only for Israel. And that's not what Paul is saying here. He's just pointing out uh, that, that there was a, a way that they went about uh, reaching the world that God had designed. And, and really, Israel was to be a light, remember, 
to the nations. Okay, Isaiah 49, uh, 6, it says, I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. And so uh, the design was for a transformed Israel to transform the world. Okay, that the world would see um, what was going on with Israel and see something distinctly different and that they would want that. And so Paul followed this, really this ministry uh, model, but then the Jews uh, rejected the gospel. And so then Paul and others started to turn to the Gentiles as these Jews uh, rejected that. In fact, in Acts 13, 46, when Paul and Barnabas are teaching and speaking and they're on the mission trip, it says, uh, that, that Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly saying, it was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you. And he's speaking to the Jews here. Then he says, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. So that, that, that's kind of the progression there, but both Jew and non-Jew have the same, have the same need, right? Salvation through Jesus. And once again, it's for everyone who believes. I just want some of you, you know, maybe to hear that who have never heard that. Uh, I, I think that sometimes within a Christian context, we can start to qualify who's worthy of the message or who's worthy of me sharing. And, what, and, and maybe some of you have felt that. Maybe you have some, you, some of you have felt that. Maybe no one even said anything. You just felt that by how maybe Christians treated you, looked at you. Uh, and... I want to tell you right now that scripture is very clear. This is available to you. It's available to you. It's available to everyone who would believe. Now, what is it about the gospel which makes it so powerful and gives it this salvation, this life-changing quality? What is it? Well, he says what it is, right? He says, because in it, the righteousness from God is revealed. You cannot miss that uh, in, uh, in these verses here. So we know the gospel is about Jesus, but, but here what we see is the achievement of the gospel, okay? Uh, that, that in it, a righteousness from God is revealed. Now, what it, this righteousness word, right? This righteousness or, or, or made right. It, it's a positional word and it means to have a good or a right standing. And what's helpful is just to just think like, what does it mean to be right with another person, right? Or, or, or maybe right with you, with your bank, <laughs> uh, or, you know, it, it means what? That I don't have any debts with you or, or, or issues hanging over my head, right? Uh, in my relationship with this other person or, or this organization, uh, it means I'm acceptable to the other person because there's nothing in my, in my record or in our past that will jeopardize the relationship. The other person has nothing against me. And you guys, that's what the gospel, the power of the gospel accomplishes between you and I and God. That's what it accomplishes. Notice how Paul points out that this is a righteousness from God. Okay, uh, the word revealed means that no one would have ever known about it unless God hadn't shown us it in his word, right? So it's something that God has revealed to us uh, be, because we would have never figured it out. And so right standing with God, uh, it's received from God and it's offered to us by his son. 
Uh, John Stott, he summarizes uh, this. He says, the righteousness of God is God's righteous initiative in putting sinners right with himself by bestowing on them a righteousness which is not their own, but his. That is so good. That is his righteous initiative to where he himself would, would give us his own righteousness. Uh, Luther actually calls this alien righteousness. I, I love it because remember I shared this last week. Uh, chapter 1 verse 17, it, it brought about his, his salvation really. Uh, and, and in Romans 3, 21 through 26, Paul's going to unpack how we receive this uh, new status more. But all throughout scripture, we see this uh, being talked about, this righteousness being uh, given to us. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says, For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And then in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, uh, it says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the, of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Wow. So, so the righteousness that is required of us to be right with God that we couldn't possibly have ever achieved. There's no way on my best day that I could in my own works be righteous. I could never measure up. And so God, because he loves you and I so much, He's provided it for us in Jesus. He's given it to us so that we could have a right standing with a perfect and holy God. See, I, I mean, you, you, you hear that, you read that. There is so much more promised here than just forgiveness. I think sometimes we just... Uh, we miss it. Sometimes we just say, hey, uh, you just need forgiveness. <laughs> uh, you just, uh, yeah, he's going to take your sins on the cross. And that's all we share. But you guys, it is so much more than that. Jesus didn't just die to forgive us. If, if, if that's all that happened, if that's all that it was about, then all's that we, all that we received was just a clean slate, right? We just were given kind of a, uh, it was like an eraser, right? To our, to our lives. Like that's all that happened. If, if that's all that it was out about, but, but here Paul tells us something absolutely life-changing. He tells us that we've been given righteousness. 
We've been given righteousness. This isn't just, oh, you're declared not guilty. Are, are, are we seeing this? Jesus's salvation uh, isn't just this, isn't just this pardon. It's not just a release from, I mean, we death row, right? Because that's essentially the sentence. Uh, it, it's not just this pardon and release from that. In the gospel, we discover that Jesus has has removed us from death row uh, and taken away that penalty. But not only that, he's actually rewarded us as if we've done something incredible for him. It, it, it blows my mind. Paul states, it's revealed. This is revealed by faith, for faith. And then he quotes Habakkuk 2.4. And what he's trying to communicate here is salvation is by faith from beginning to end. Real faith results in, in obedience. The faith we see biblically, and we're going to talk about this more in the next couple of weeks, but uh, this kind of faith that we're talking about, it, it results in obedience. Uh, but we need to understand that the whole Christian life is a life of faith from start to finish. He's emphasizing the, the continuity here. Uh, it's not a one-time act. It's a way of life. It's our daily continued response. Uh, and, and faith is always how this righteousness has been received. And, and he closes by saying what? The righteous will live by faith. When, when we're tempted to be ashamed of the gospel. We need to remember that it's the power of God. It's the power of God. We need to remember it reveals God's righteousness and it's the way that we receive his righteousness. See, the opposite of being ashamed is is eagerness. You know, we become eager to share it when we know the truth and the power of the gospel. Uh, when I was just uh, processing that and, and the opposite of being ashamed of the gospel and, and having this eagerness. And, and the opposite of being ashamed of the gospel is not uh, throwing your Bible in someone's fist or picketing at, at them. Uh, it, it's having a, an eagerness. Uh, when I, when I go for runs in the morning, uh, there's, there's another individual who runs and there's like a group that, that runs kind of around the same time, uh, really early in the morning. We kind of know who each other are and give each other that nod or, or that wave. Uh, and, and, and sometimes one of us is feeling really motivated and it's like, come on, let's go. Uh, but there is one guy in particular and, and he is such, uh, an encouragement to me. And, uh, and, and he's, um, he's much older than I am, although he's in incredible shape and, uh, and, and we're running and, and we're crossing paths. And, and as we stop, he turns and starts running with me and now we're running and we're talking. And, 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 and he knows who I am and, 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 and he's connected to our church and, and, uh, and he, and he just starts telling me like, like Steve, man, I just. I got to tell people about the gospel in the morning. Like I just start sharing with people in the morning. They got to hear, they got to know. And, and I, I just, I, I leave that conversation as I'm still running and I am like ready to go. I'm like, all right. And I'm like running, as I'm running, I'm like looking for people to just share the gospel. And uh, with this guy, it, it, it's not this, 
um, I'm going to force you into this. It, it's just this eagerness. This guy has been transformed by the gospel. He has been declared righteous in this, uh, de- declared righteous, been given this gift. Uh, and, and you just see it from the depth of his soul. It is a part of everything that he is and it drives him. Uh, there is this eagerness to share the hope that lies within him. And people listen to him. I, I know they have to listen to him because he, it's, it's on his face. There's transformation. This guy, uh, he's a blessing. And so, uh, he's the guy who I just, I just think about when I think of, man, what's the opposite of being ashamed here? What does eagerness look like in my own life? And so if you're, if you're, if you're not a Christian, what I, what I want to tell you this morning is realize that you cannot earn the righteousness we're talking about here. Uh, there's going to be other people. There may be other uh, religions. There may be other people that say they're Christian. Uh, and, and they're going to be like, the only way that you can be saved is through this or that. Then God will accept you. Then you'll be okay. No. You've never been able to earn this right standing, this righteousness. It's received by faith in Jesus. That's it. And so what I would tell you is embrace the Savior. Embrace Jesus. If you're a believer, I hope and pray that you allow this to clarify your understanding of the gospel. To bring meaning and to impact your motivations for sharing the gospel and to inspire greater confidence in the gospel for you. Why, why do we struggle believing that the gospel is going to be enough? Why? If we truly understand what I just read, there's a reason I parked the car here for just two verses. If we truly understood that the, in the gospel is the power of God, what would be different about us? Would we have to find this motivation from a pastor, a mentor, a friend, a coworker? Would we have to, would, would we have to find some kind of eagerness? I, mean, I don't think so. Would we have to feel more confident? No, no I, don't, I don't think that if I truly understand that it's the power of God, then it's not about me. It's not about my ability. It's, it's not about me being convincing enough or, 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 or even manipulative enough, right? Like, like when I know that the gospel and the impact it has is through the power of God, then I'm eager to share it. And then I let God do what he wants to do with it. And you guys, when you get to that place, it is so powerful. So if you're a Jesus follower, I want to challenge you, do not be ashamed of the message do not be ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God. And if you don't know Jesus today and, and you're watching this, I can't plead with you enough. Receive him uh, as your Lord and Savior. Jesus went to the cross 
And, and guess what? He went to the cross and he paid that penalty. Your past, your present, and your future sins, all those things, he took them to the cross, but he didn't just do that so that you could feel good about yourself and have a new day to try again. No, he not only removed it, but then he gifted you with eternal life and hence now declared you righteous. You are right standing with a perfect and holy God. Which means you can experience that hope and that peace that surpasses understanding and walk in that just based upon that decision to receive him by faith. And so I pray that you do that. You guys, uh, let me close our time in prayer uh, and just ask for for God to just take this and um, allow it to sink deeply uh, into our hearts and our minds uh, so that uh, we can leave uh, our houses inspired, motivated um, to take this gospel, this transforming power uh, that has saved us. So let me pray.